0: Good morning, family, and welcome to our Sunday sermon. Thank you for the the feedback on these messages. I'm glad that it's been blessing you and encouraging you. Um, I'm glad that we are actually able to communicate with each other and encourage each other the, during this time. So that, for one way, technology has been a great blessing to us in this time. You know, as we've been facing this virus, um, facing this whole pandemic, there's something about it that, as we try to look at it and try to fight it, you know, we're fighting an invisible enemy. Uh, It would have been wonderful if this virus came with a neon flashing sign. As we moved around and walked around, we'd be able to keep ourselves a lot safer. But unfortunately, it does not come with a neon sign and it's an invisible enemy. Um, For all regards, we can call it an invisible contagion. And so when we look at looking at the word this morning there's something we want to look at with regards to fighting invisible enemies fighting an enemy that you can't see but that's fighting against you so if you if you have your bible with you actually just pause and get your bible make sure you got your family with you this morning sitting with you Uh, we want to look at mark chapter 4 and verse 35 uh, we see them facing an invisible enemy here. And there's some things that we want to look at this morning and be encouraged through this. In verse 35, it says, On that day when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. Now, as we, we, we start here, we want to understand that whenever we are crossing over to the other side, whenever we are fulfilling life's our life's goal, our life's mission to get over to the other side, there are always going to be enemies there are always going to be things there are always going to be situations that are going to try to stop us from getting over to the other side there will always be something trying to stop us from fulfilling our goal from getting to our destination so as we continue here it says so they left the crowd and took him along since he was in the boat and other boats were with him a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swarmed so now we see that uh a storm arose and the storm was beating against this boat that they were in. And it it kind of sounds like the situation we're currently facing. We are in a boat. And before we even got into this uh, lockdown and even before this coronavirus showed up, we were in a boat traveling already, facing uh, just many challenges. And now we find ourselves in a lockdown facing challenges that we came into the lockdown with and now we have an added challenge of this virus and this virus is not only just isolated to um, you know just to the health and the safety of of ourselves and our loved ones and and our communities of course not but it's something that's an added pressure because if the virus was just about health and we were able to move around then maybe we would not be feeling that much pressure but This virus has locked us out of um, continuing with our daily routine. It has locked us out of getting back into our jobs, in our businesses, doing the things that we've become accustomed to doing. So it's an added pressure on our lives. And we've already been feeling pressured by life. We've already been feeling pressured by the race, the rat race of life. And now we are facing a situation where we've been forced to to stop doing the things we've been doing. And and subtly, the pressure has been building up, the pressure of how do I get back? How do I make sure that things are, are, are running, that things continue to, to be uh, effective? How do I make sure that when I'm back, that I'm not fighting to catch up? So here, the waves were beating against this boat. And the boat was already being swarmed. He was in the stern, they're talking about Jesus, sleeping on the cushion. So they woke him up. And said to him, ah, "Isn't it interesting that there's a there's a raging storm? It's beating against the boat. It's causing the boat uh, to to be moved around. It's it's causing the people in the boat distress. But here we see Jesus sound asleep. And this is always the case. This is always the case when it comes to God. This is always the case when it comes to faith. That God God is always ahead of us. God is not alarmed by circumstances because he is already aware of the end." He already knows the end of the matter. The end of the matter has been declared and decided by God already. Now, here Jesus is so calm and he's asleep and he's not worried about the, the circumstances and the situations that they're facing because he knows that nothing can stop you. He knows that um, temporary situations are not enough to stop the destiny that God has for our lives. So they woke him up and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care what we are going that we are going to die? what are we going the things that we are going through don't you care about it now this is a question this is a golden question this is a question that we find ourselves on some days we are we are happy we feel that jesus is for us and and he is with us on other days when we hear news uh, news reports or we see things happening in and around our lives and we start to wonder lord where are you are you going to let us just go through this thing are you going to get involved in the situation what are you up to and in verse 39 he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Silence! Be still. Now this is what we want to we want to look at this morning. So this message is titled Invisible Contagion. So here Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind. Now can you see wind? No, you can't see wind. So you are fighting an enemy, you can't see. So he got up and he rebuked the wind. Now this enemy, even though he couldn't see it, it was a it was an enemy that was trying to stop them from going and and fulfilling their destiny. So this is something we need to we need to realize. This is something that we need to be encouraged with this morning. As we are fighting this invisible enemy, an enemy we can't see, an enemy without a neon flashing light over its head, we need to understand the same thing that Jesus did is the same thing that we can do. We can rebuke the wind. And the best thing that we can do right now is to continue to to be in, to stay in prayer, to continue to be in faith and continue to speak against this disease, to continue not only speak against the disease, but speak against the feelings that we are experiencing during this time. Don't allow yourself, don't allow yourself to feel overwhelmed. Don't allow yourself to feel overcome. Don't allow yourself to become uh, depressed or down and out. You got to stand up against this. This, this invisible enemy that we are facing right now. So Jesus got up, he rebuked the wind. He rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, silence be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. This is very, very important because the wind is not something that you can see, right? The wind is not something that you can see, but the wind is something that speaks to your mind. The wind is something that speaks to your emotions. You can't see the wind. It doesn't have a sign. It doesn't have a label on it. But it's speaking to your emotional level. It's saying to your emotions. The wind is speaking to your emotions. Yes, you may feel it in the physical. Yes, you may feel it fighting against you in the natural. But it doesn't speak to the natural. It's speaking to your mind. It's speaking to you on an emotional level. It's saying to you that you're not going to survive. It's saying to you that you won't get through this. It's saying to you that even when we come out of this, Things won't be the same. It's saying to you things won't be normal. It's saying to you that you won't be okay, that all of the things that you're facing, the debt, your your salary, your income, your savings, it's speaking to you on that kind of level. And that's what we want to, we wanna we want to highlight this morning. That's something that we want to be aware of this this morning, is that this this invisible contagion, this invisible enemy is not only trying to stop us from going forward, but it's speaking to us. On an emotional level. And Jesus continues, and, he, and he, after he calms the storm, folks, storms can be calmed. Okay? Storms can be calmed. And no matter what's going on on the outside, you got to calm the storm on the inside. It is absolutely impossible to calm the things on the outside if you don't first calm the things on the inside. The storm on the outside is significant, but the storm on the inside that you are facing is even more significant. You need to take time, be in the word. You need to take time, be in prayer. And you need to calm the storm on the inside. Then he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, we, 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 we know the scripture. And for those of you that are hearing this for the first time, when Jesus asked them, why are you afraid? Now you need to understand that fear is something that appeals to the senses. Faith is something that appeals to the spirit. Fear is something that appeals to the senses. Jesus is not trying to say to us, don't have senses. He's not trying to say to us, I don't want you to use your senses. I mean, God gave us our senses so he knows that we use them. He's just saying to us, when there is fear involved in your senses, you've got to make sure that you don't act on that fear. Now, it is not that easy if we don't use the power of faith. It is impossible to overcome fear. It is impossible not to be moved by your senses if you're not going to use the gift of faith. If you are not going to use the power of faith, it is impossible. There is not one person on earth that can stand against the power of your senses if you are not going to use faith. You can't turn your senses off, but you can use faith to speak louder than what the senses are speaking to you. So he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now when he was saying here, do you still have no faith? Now we know in Romans chapter 12 that God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. So every single one of us have a measure of faith. And that measure of faith that God has given to us is not any kind of faith. He has given to us the faith of the son of God. The Bible is very clear to say the measure that he has dealt is the measure of the faith of the son of God. So the faith that each one of us has received the measure, no matter how small it is. That was why Jesus spoke about mustard seed faith. You see, many times we get caught up on the size of our faith. But this morning, to highlight to us, it's not the size of our faith that's important. It's the type of our faith. Jesus said seed like faith. You see, it's not the size of your faith that's important. It's a type of your faith that's important. And when he was saying to them, do you not have faith? Why Why do you still have no faith? He was talking to them. How is it that your faith is is fine as long as circumstances con- contribute or, or circumstances line up with the things that you are saying. And this is something that we are all challenged with, that we are happy to continue in faith if circumstances line up with the things that we are saying. The challenge that we have is that when we want something and circumstances are contrary, then our senses start to speak to us and we start to consider the facts. Or we start to consider the circumstance and we say, where is God in this whole thing? Because as I'm speaking faith and as I'm saying, uh, making confessions from the word of God, I, I, I don't understand why circumstances are still contrary. And this is what Jesus is saying to us. He's saying to us that circumstances may be contrary. Circumstances may seem contrary. Circumstances may appeal to your senses. But you need to understand that I am with you in the boat. Amen. Jesus is with us in the boat and we don't need to be alarmed. We don't need to be moved by these senses. We need to understand that we just need to continue to speak the word of God. Even though the circumstances, even though the negative situation continues to linger on, we need to stick to God's word. We need to continue to stick to speaking God's word. We need to realize that we can't let this affect us on an emotional level. Turn to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Here we see another situation with uh, Jesus on the boat, disciples on the boat, winds and waves trying to stop them. In verse 22, it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. Now here, when Jesus gives you a command to go to the other side, folks, nothing can stop you from getting to the other side. It's his word that sustains you. In verse 23, after dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well, into the night, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from the land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. An invisible enemy once again was against them. And Jesus came toward them walking on the sea very early in the morning. So here's something. They were experiencing this crisis they were experiencing this challenge late in the night but jesus only comes toward them in the morning was it because he he was not aware of their need was it was it because he was not sensitive to their need was it because he got his timing wrong no when he gave them the word to go to the other side nothing was going to stop them because the word is what sustains them so by him showing up in the morning was not him showing up late and this is something we need to sort out on in our emotions and on the emotional level, is that we feel that God is late, and where is he, and why is it taking so long? God knows what he is doing. He's given us a word to get to the other side, and no matter what it is we are facing right now, no matter how much fear that is being presented to us, no matter how much our emotions may feel topsy-turvy, we need to know God has given us a word, and that we do get to the other side. In verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Now, how can they be afraid and think Jesus is a ghost? This is a man they sat with. This is a man they ate with. This is a man they walked with so many miracles. This is, this is a man they know very well. How can they be afraid? Because when your emotions are out of control, when your senses are out of control, when your senses are everywhere, when fear is operating in your life, it is difficult to maintain perspective on the situation. It is so important to get rid of fear because fear will always skew our perspective. In verse 27, immediately Jesus spoke to them, Have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Now, why did Jesus speak to them? Because the word of God is what brings perspective. Why did Jesus speak to them and say, don't be afraid? Because it's the word of God. That helps the se- our senses. It's the word of God that helps the feelings we are we are experiencing. It is the word of God that stabilizes our emotions and gets our senses in order. So He says to them, "Don't be afraid." Now, verse twenty-eight. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. So Peter obviously received the word that Jesus said right then. Don't be afraid. He received it into his spirit. And when you receive the word of God into your spirit, you will do like what Peter did. Peter said, Lord, if it is you command me to come to you on the water. Now, Peter stepped out of a place of just staying in the boat and going to the other side. Peter realized that nothing can stop you. Because the word of God came into Peter's heart, because the word of God came into him, he moved from the place of just being moved by his senses. He moved away from the place of just being moved on an emotional level. He moved to a place of faith. When you operate in a place of faith, you will not be limited to by your circumstances you will not be limited by the things around you Peter said to him command me to come just like how you commanded me don't be afraid and I stopped being afraid command me to come to you on the water now what Peter needed to realize before the statement was there was a command by Jesus to go into the bo- go into the boat and go to the other side that same command back then that night was the same command that would have got them through now Peter realizing He's progressing in his faith. He's growing as a, as, as a believer. He realizes how powerful the word of God is. He realizes how powerful Jesus' command is. And he says, command me to come to you on the water and I will come. And Jesus in verse 29, he said, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started to walk on the water and came toward Jesus. Now, oftentimes we've ministered this and we said, you've got to step out of the boat. You've got to step out of, out of your, your comfort zone. Now, folks, here today, we're looking at something different because we are facing something different. We are saying to ourselves this morning, we want to encourage each other. Stepping out of the boat this morning to us means step out of the things that are messing you up emotionally. Step out of the things where your senses are getting down. Step out of the things where your fear is being being heightened. Your senses are being heightened on all the negative things that is going on. Step out of that boat this morning. There's a word from God to step out. There's a word from God that will sustain you. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, folks, how, how do you see wind? You can't see wind. You can feel. Your senses can sense. Your senses get alarmed. Peter was moved by his senses. And when he was moved by his senses, he became afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught a hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, here's the thing. Peter stepped out. He stepped out. He stepped out the boat. He got on the water. He walked on water. He did what the other disciples weren't doing. He did what other people weren't doing. So that's a great encouragement from Peter's side. But here's the thing now. Here's the thing. He let his senses get in the way. First, he brought his senses under control by the word of God. He brought his senses under control by what Jesus had said. He got out the boat and he got afraid again. But what does walking on the water have to do with wind? It's not like on a windless day you can walk on water. It's not like when there's no wind, you're just going to easily just walk on top of water. So so Peter was doing the impossible anyway. When you are doing the impossible, and when you allow your senses to come outside of God's word, it's amazing that you're already doing the impossible, but it's amazing how a little emotion, it's amazing how a little fear can sabotage your faith. And that is the power of fear. And so it is so important for us it is so important for us to get back on the word of God because we are already doing things that are impossible. We are already doing things that by ourselves we would not have been able to do. Now the devil wants to try and tell us why are we doing impossible things? Now why are we doing things that That is not normal. Now we're doing things that God has empowered us to do. Now he wants to try and come along while we're doing amazing things with the power of God and say to us, you're going to fail. How am I going to fail when I'm standing on the word of God? How am I going to fail when I'm already doing what I could never do by myself? How am I going to fail when I got here, not because of my own strength, but I got here because of the strength of God? Folks, you can't fail. Where you are, you got not because of you. Where you are, you got there because of him, because he got you there, because faith got you there, because the word got you there, because the command got you there. So right now, when we are facing the situation and your emotions are running wild and your fear and all these senses are running wild, don't listen to those senses. Get back to the word of God speak the word all the time. And as I'm saying, there are days where we can be in the word and our senses can be fine. And later that day, the next day, the next morning, the next afternoon, something can happen, some report, something is said and your emotions and your senses can get all out of the way and you can forget what God is doing because you took your eyes off Jesus and you put your eyes on that circumstance. So this is not a this is not a lack of faith. We need to hear the word of God. We need to stay in faith. And how do you stay in faith? When those things are harassing you and those things are coming again, your senses. Don't just try and fight fire with fire. Fight the fire with the word. Don't just try to fight fear with fear. Fight fear with the word of God. Come back to the command of God. Come back to reminding yourself that God commanded you. Come back to realizing that he is ahead of you. Come back to realizing that Jesus is in the boat with you. Jesus is in the boat with you. This boat is not going to sink. This storm is not going to shipwreck us. So when Jesus said to him, O ye of little faith, once again, folks, this statement, whenever you see it in the word of God, O ye of little faith, is not referring to the size of faith. It's referring to the type of faith. Folks, in closing this morning, don't have a faith, don't have a faith that is circumstantial. Don't have a faith that is moved by circumstance. Have a faith that is moved only by the word of God. Bless you this morning until we can chat again.